Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. Hey everybody and welcome to today's episode of Why Am I Sad? I'm Joel. I'm Zoe B. I'm George. And I'm Cass. And we're fine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, blue skies. Hello, lovely day. Fine. How is everybody? Everyone fine. doing well? We're fine. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, I just became an uncle, actually. Oh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. 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 Ah. Yeah. yeah, I know that you put a lot of effort into that, George. Well done. I'm glad it worked Look, out for it you. Was, uh, it, was a, it was a long road. Long road, but uh, I did it. Yeah, okay. he did. Yeah. I made appropriate wisecracks several times about the fiancé's weight in a lighthearted way, yeah. which everyone laughed at. What? Made light. It's all part of the riffing of, you know, being pregnant. Yeah, you know, it's all part of riffing on a woman. Exactly, <laughs> riffing on a pregnant woman. <laughs> it's good that when someone's body is a flush yeah. with things that change yes. uh, their their moods a lot. It's that's what's that thing kicking them when they're down? No, comedy is <laughs> no, about babies. Babies yes. kick them. Babies, yeah. yeah comedy yeah. is about okay, punching yeah. up, and yeah. there's no one in society that we hold higher than an expecting mother. Exactly. So it's okay for them to cop it. You know what? That actually almost sounds legit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joel. No worries. No worries. Use if my bullshit uh, yeah. as legitimate no, it's arguments. it's true. You know what? They're very rational people mm-hmm. is yeah. what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always up for a good joke. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. They love everything about their changing bodies. Yep. And they love yep. it when people point it out. Exactly. Yeah. And they get the humor of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think, I think a nice part about it is that because, you know, we've all been a baby. Yeah. And have been inside a pregnant woman. Um, oh, yeah. We know exactly how it feels. So yeah, there's have. no need yeah. for them to why ever feel isolated, to, why? ostracized, why, or Cass? like why did you have that to phrase it like that? Why? Why? In the we coolest way possible. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. You've got to come at me and be like, wrong, Cass. You can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm see, right. Joel, what are you doing, right? These are jokes about pregnant women. They're all, it's open game, right? Yeah, they're punching funny. Up. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in one. They've had a two <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, I guess, yes, we all have. Yeah. So once you've been inside it, you've earned the right to make fun of it. That's the rule. You never say that again, George. Never say those words again in that order. Don't ever. I'm not kidding. Never say that again. Never say that again. George, say it all the time. Put it on your tombstone. I can't even remember what I said. I was too caught up in the moment. What happened? Yeah, that's because the power of magic has just been like, fuck, we need this again. Uh, Yeah, dragons... 
We didn't want them. Fairies, no. George needs to stop. Let's wipe him. Men in black style. <laughs> hey, look, I, you know, that's uh, it's certain moments. As long as <laughs> fine, it's just it's just something the body does. It's natural. Exactly. Yeah. Pregnancy and look, it's beautiful, and she looked beautiful, so that's what made it okay. Yeah. And you know, she was a. Uh, oh, so hang on, hang on, George, George, George. Mm-hmm. Are you are you using the fact that you? Thought really positive things about a person and decided to instead say negative things. In Is that what you did? Did you see someone way. and think she looks great and yeah. then think, you know what? Take hey, it down a couple she, levels. It's like yeah, how she's getting yeah. cocky. It's like how you like <laughs> these to pregnant women had it too easy. Yeah, it's like bullying your mom because she loves you regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not bullying in my case, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's not not bullying. <laughs> Yeah, George. It sounds gentle like bullying. ribbing is yeah, okay. gentle verbal assault. It's playful. Look, I'll put it out there. I'm sure, uh, you know, done right. It's 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 fun. You know, it's like you know, it's like I make fun of. Uh, there's nowhere I can go with that, which doesn't result in potentially awkward situation. So maybe I'll stop there. Exactly, and yeah. uh, we'll move along. Stop right. there. <laughs> yeah. Stop there. Hey, one thing you know about George is he knows that he probably should have stopped several sentences ago, and that's that's a he doesn't skill know worth that. having. <laughs> <laughs> I was not I'm aware. Given him the benefit of the doubt, I guess. Look, fair. It's like how you guys make fun of me for being so socially Handsome. inept. <laughs> You see, that's that's the same thing. In fact, that's almost meaner because <laughs> I can't control that. Exactly, he just yeah. doesn't know. Yeah. He's not the same level as a pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not pregnant punching ladies. up for us. Pregnant women yeah. get to choose to be pregnant. I can't don't, choose to be socially inept. Don't you know the hierarchy? It is pregnant woman and above that little Greek princes. Yeah. That's the top of the hierarchy here. No, but then it's still allowed because it's punching oh, up. Oh, you're sorry. I'm so sorry. No, we're down the bottom. Right, bottom. Come yeah. on. No one. They're, they're untouchable. <laughs> With the little baby. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, right down the bottom. You can't touch them. Little Greek princes. They can't help it. Yeah. They were born that way. Exactly. <laughs> you guys have been hanging out with my mum, haven't you? they started their life inside <laughs> no, of a pregnant no. woman. Exactly. George, I have my own Greek mother. Yeah. I grew it. up with this. I grew up not being a little Greek prince. No, I got to com- got to watch my brother be a little Greek prince. But on the plus side, I'm an Italian angel. So there my dad, my dad pampered me. Perfect. So we evened out. Two very well adjusted adults. <laughs> it does sound like a healthy relationship. Yeah. yeah, that does sound better. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, good. So anyway, uh, let us move on because we've got a, 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 a whole inbox full of uh, people with their own issues and problems. So let's uh, try and get our, our, our way through them. So mm-hmm. first email. Uh, hello, love the podcast. Let me give you a little bit of background about me. My father was an abusive alcoholic arsehole that I haven't had any contact with since. At the age of 25, I packed up my mother, younger brother and sister and moved us the hell out. Okay, so that's the opening line. Yep. My brother and sister will talk to him if he approaches them at work since he's a customer. Fortunately, they have begun to see what a worthless piece of shit he is. He still hasn't even met my younger sister's son, who is turning three next May. Uh, We had a decent enough childhood. Our mother made sure of that. But nearly every day, our parents would scream and yell at each other. Or our father would scream about the house not being clean, there being no dinner, laundry not being done, etc. So I took it upon myself to do all the cooking and cleaning and help my mom take care of my siblings. I dumped so many roach-filled, half-drunk beer cans in the trash during my teen years. And the smell of beer still makes me nauseous to this day. If there was anything that needed to be done, I did it. 
to the point that I developed OCD because of it. Money was always a big issue in our household and the start of most fights. As a stay-at-home mum, my mother didn't bring any in any money, and my father never let her forget it. If we made noise while we slept, my father would scream at us that he was going to either call in or take all of his money and stay in a hotel, whether the money he took was bill money or not. When my mother's mother died, she left us children money in a trust that we wouldn't touch until we turned 25, and my mother received 30k. My father informed her that it was half his legally and that she had to give it to him or else. Now, we now know that that wasn't true, but at the time, we had no idea. Now that there was money, my father promptly took time off work unpaid, got all his teeth pulled, racked up medical bills we couldn't pay, and any money left over went to the new casino in town. My mother went to forget about her awful life and try to win money to get her and her children to a home of their own. My father went to gamble and drink, which he did in spades. So now I'm 33 years old, decent job, a clean place to live, money in savings, a fiancé, my brother has his own place, my sister is married with a baby in a nice home, my life is everything I dreamed of as a child, stable and happy. But it's not enough. No matter what I do, whether I clean the house, take care of the yard, create a garden, learn to can my own food, save nearly 38% of my meager income, (laughs) take care of my mother, etc., 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 it never seems to be enough. Regardless of what it is, I never felt like I'm doing everything I need to be doing for it or about it. I've always got 900 irons in the fire, and it really takes its toll on me, but still, I feel like I could do more. I don't know how to feel like I'm doing good or how to be proud of myself. I know everyone looks at me like a strong woman with her life together, but deep down, I feel like a failure, like I haven't done enough to deserve what I've gotten. If I feel like this now, how will I feel when I have more than I do now? I think deep down, I'm terrified that I'm going to forget a detail, miss one small step that will ultimately derail everything I've done, and I'll end up back in that roach-infested death trap, holding my brother and sister tightly as our father screams and threatens violence. I don't know how to embrace my new reality. Please help. So, ah. a couple things I'm back. That's, uh, a, yeah. that's a big one. That's a, that's a big house. That's a big house. It's all <clears throat> been put into a box, and that's that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Mm. So, f- first off, uh, well done for getting you and yeah. your immediate family out of a very toxic environment, and well done for making good out of something that was a very terrible situation. It's amazing. You have done extremely well, and you should be proud Phenomenal. of yourself. Yeah, I, I, you have done extremely well. And yeah, I understand that you don't feel like maybe you deserve this, that you are waiting for it all to crumble, and I understand that considering you have come from a place of quite a lot of toxicity. But yeah. what you have done is incredible. And yeah, be proud of that. Yeah, that that story <laughs> doesn't always end that way. And mm. the, the mm. fact that you've been able to not only live in an environment that I don't think we need to get into why it was so toxic. Um, I think it's pretty clear, but (laughs) a really toxic environment that you then had to take on extra roles that you shouldn't have had to do as a child, um, take on emotional responsibility that you didn't have to do as a child, and then still come out of it, pull everyone else out as well, it sounds like, and then create success for yourself. And, Success is such a strange word to use because, like, success is such a personal thing and it doesn't sound like you 
really see that for yourself. But oh my god, like I I hope hearing us read that back to you, you can hear it in someone else's voice and just really <coughs> see and hear from another perspective, even though it's yours. Like how far you've come because that is that is so much. <laughs> and you know, I'm maybe this look, look. My my thoughts when I read this is that, and this is hopefully not prying, but you were in a situation in which nothing, because you were a child, nothing you could have done would have fixed it. Like there was literally nothing you could have done to do anything and yet you still were doing so much to improve your situation and to make life livable for everyone else. Mm -hmm. But I don't think in that situation it could have been, quote, unquote, enough for the thing that you were wanting to do, which was fix everything, which it's it's not on you. Like that is not something you could have done. And but it, it, even then, you moved you moved through it, and you ended up fixing it when you became older. Like that's amazing. Yeah, but that's like, so you, much you, pressure you, to put on you. Like, you, you are you not responsible like a, for a whole family, and yet yeah. you still pulled them out. <laughs> yeah, and and you you've made a, a a much safer and better environment for not just yourself, but again, your your two younger siblings, which again is something incredible and something to be proud of. Um, but yeah. from what it sounds like, you you have a little bit of um, imposter syndrome, where where it's just kind of like you feel like you don't deserve what you're what you have that you haven't earned it. That you know you're doing everything right, but there's that little like niggling feeling in the back of your your head where there's this little voice saying that you know you don't deserve this, and that this will all come crumbling down, and everyone will find out, and you'll be back to square one. Um, we all, I guess not all, but a lot of us go through that. Um, or, or different degrees. situations, not, not always with our living, yeah. how we're alive, you know? Um, so in terms of embracing your new reality, I think if you, if you haven't gone to see a therapist, I, I think again, I know it's a very it's a broken record we are on this show. Yeah, but it it's the best thing you can do because they mm. are trained to help you like change the way you think. Yeah. And if like, and it sounds like even from your email, you're acknowledging that you are able to say this was bad and I know it was bad for these reasons and my life now is good and stable and that's good for these reasons, but it's hard to marry in your mind, which is Mm. so like, I don't think that is, you know, (laughs) weird or anything given what you've been through, but Mm. there are people out there who are, who know exactly how to help you. And I think yeah. you are so worth the the time to go see someone to mm. ha- let them help you through this because you deserve to be as happy as you are. You deserve to feel all the joy of all the lives you have improved mm. with all your hard work. Like you deserve the world. Please, please <laughs> let someone help you with that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does sound like you're, you're also uh, there's a lot of trauma there that you maybe haven't addressed head on. Um, like your biggest fear is going, ending back in like a roach infested death trap while your father screams at you. So again, there is a lot of trauma there that, um, a professional will definitely be able to help you unpack a lot of this and help Mm. you, yeah, deal with some strategies, um, having grown up in such, again, a toxic environment. I think as well that when you're, um, talking about trauma, childhood trauma Mm. as well, is when you do go to therapy, and and I know that I my therapist pointed it out to me is like when you talk about childhood trauma, you talk about it through your child eye, 
Mm. Like if that makes sense. Like if mm. I don't, I look back on my trauma and I'm back at being six years old in the mm. same way that you're saying, like you're just imagining being back in this like roach infected house. Like yeah. I, you talk about your trauma, like with that, like your, your brain immediately goes back to that kind of fear where with therapy, you can learn how to look at it from an adult's perspective and be like, because for us, we're all sitting here as an adult, as adults hearing the story. And we're like, that's terrible. Mm. That's mm. a child going through something exceptionally terrible. And you, because it was your reality, like it's got to be so difficult to separate the two. Like, and, and so hopefully that with some therapy, you can look at it and be like, that was objectively terrible. We are no mm. longer there anymore. And so you can then look at the prob- look at the history of it without that emotion coming up when you face it, and then you're really able to work through these problems. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, halfway through that, when you're reading that, I thought it was going to go in a much darker direction. It actually ended up being very positive for like mm. so much of the outcome, apart from the issues that obviously you've got to work through. But to get to that place already is so far along than a lot of people would be. Mm. Um but yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could sit here and do a million guesses of mm. therapy-based stuff, like you know, accepting powerlessness in that situation. Maybe you feel like you know, yeah. if if you could have changed it, that means you were in control of a little bit. But since you like the can't, child. then like yeah, you weren't. Yeah. So like that yeah, part of it might actually be scary to confront. But it's the truth. But I know, but I think there's a classic thing we've said a million times before. It's just you've got a sister and brother, and like, so well, how would you feel if they said what you're saying now? What would you tell them? That's a straight away that I would think. Like that's the most obvious thing straight away. What would you think if they turned around and said what you're saying right now about feeling like not enough and not doing enough and all this stuff? How would you respond to them? That's like seems like the most immediate way to kind of grasp how you feel about this because I think you would probably treat them a lot nicer than you're potentially treating yourself mm. based on everything. And there you've is done there now. is always that that worry. Like I totally understand it because we we grew up very like working class. We grew up like paycheck to paycheck, and if the next paycheck didn't come, mm-hmm. it was ugh. and it's always there in the back of your mind, regardless of, of how much you succeed and how much you aren't in that position anymore. There's always going to be a little bit of fear because you know what it's like. Like you know what the bottom of the barrel feels like and so you have such a respect for what you have now because mm. you know what the worst can be. And so it's understandable that you would be nervous about losing, you know, losing it all fucking finger quotes. Yeah. But it also sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on it. The fact that you're saying that you've got savings and you've all not only like have you all got houses and partners and stuff, like it sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on life and it's okay to enjoy it. Mm. Like it's it's okay, you know, like my I coming from like, you know, pretty low income background, like there's always that worry of like, oh no, like I'm like I have no savings, I have nothing, like I you know, monetarily, like it's always like a bit of a yeah crapshoot doing day to day. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I'm better than where I was, so I should enjoy it. Yeah, no, like, it's just that weird thing because you, you saw that mindset. Like I, I, I'm, I'm very much the same. It's like yeah. I have savings accounts. I, I have been able to do that kind of thing. Like I have been able to be like, right, I've got my ducks in a row and that kind of stuff, but I play it so conservative because I'm like, but what if it all just comes crumbling down mm. and I'm back to nothing? Yeah. And yeah, that there is that weird. Yeah, there's a point where that's normal, and there's a point where it's like, nah, now nah, you got to just relax. Yeah, it's good to have a buffer, and yeah. then there's like, okay, yeah. now just take it easy. And then like having that, if you just keep <laughs> like, okay, once I've saved this much, I'm good. Then you then you're like, actually, what if an extra thing happens? I'm yeah, I know. A bit more. Yeah. Again, I, I keep doing that. You know, having been in you know debt, quite a lot of debt, 
uh, at one point in my life, again, we're now very much veering into like finances, yeah. <laughs> but like having been in debt at one point well, in my life. it's the emotional thing that comes with yeah. finance. Yeah. Like finances yeah. themselves inherently like are scary and stressful, mm. but it's like that emotion that comes with it, especially when you're raised by someone who is constantly threatening oh, yeah. to take it away. Mm. Whether whether it's personally someone threatening to take it away, or we always had the fear of like because my parents mm. are self employed. Like, what if someone doesn't pay us? What if we've done all this work and we've done X amount of dollars worth of work and they don't pay? They don't pay, which was a yeah. reality for us a lot of the time. Is that someone was like, "Nah, not going to pay you. Fuck you." Mm. And so then it was like, "Okay, fuck, cool, 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 fuck. cool. What you, now? Yeah, like, what do you do when someone takes away money from you that yeah. you're expecting?" You know, and you can, like George said, you can prepare and prepare and prepare. But the fact, of, the mm. fact is, like at some point, you have to be like, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah, got to be present in the moments that you are having. Yeah, it's weird trying to be like, I have this, but I'm like, I think I'm, I'm almost in a very similar position where I'm like, uh, only realizing now because I'm like, oh yeah, no, I was like in debt because of my ex and you know, had debt collectors coming and all that kind of shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can see where this is coming from. Okay, cool. Mm. I need to address mm. a few things. I should enjoy. But, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's hard to, yeah, marry these ideas in your head mm. that kind of like, oh, hang on, I'm over here. I'm no longer there anymore. I'm actually doing really well. In yeah. terms of stresses like that, I know I've I've been really, really lucky where I haven't had the financial side of it, but I have had other times where it's, I can acknowledge that a stress that I am feeling is I think all all things you experience mentally happen along a spectrum and there becomes a point where it's like, okay, so, you know, for me to be stressed about, you know, A, B, C or D, normal. Everyone gets a bit stressed about it. It's completely fine. But then it, it can get to a stage where it's like, oh, hang on. No, I, I think I'm getting more stress than is necessary and that is productive because, mm. mm-hmm. you know, sometimes mm. – you know, not not being stressed all the time, obviously, it's not great, but sometimes you will get stressed about things every now and then, and that's fine. Everyone does it. That's part of being alive. But I know therapy helped me with that, where I was like, hey, I am stressed about these things, and I know that it's it's reasonable for me to feel stressed, but it's this is – I know it's not right now. Like, it's getting to the point where I'm seeing people around me and no one else is getting as stressed. They, they, are, they are careful and they are, you know, concerned enough, but – it's not productive and it's it's actually becoming a part it's becoming a problem mm. and i think being able to recognize that and then again <laughs> broken records but if you see a therapist they'll be able to like help you sort through that and be like okay here is sort of a level that we can manage because you're never going to live a stress free life but mm. it sh- you should never be stressed that being stressed is taking over your life and it would be worth sorry to sorry to interrupt Cass, but it would no, be go- worth then possibly talking to your brother and your sister and your mom mm. because it sounds like you've never had like a net to catch you mm. you've never had mm. someone that you can fall back and rely on you've had to be completely self sufficient your entire life have it to might be the net you yeah. have to be the net for everyone else it might be worth talking to your family now that they're in a more stable position just to reassure yourself to be like look if anything ever happens to me and like you know whatever like say i all the money gets drained from my account and i lose my job and i lose my partner and da, da, da. like the worst possible case scenario happens like it would be worth like chatting to your family to be like if everything falls to shit in my life you guys are going to catch me right because they're now in a position to catch you and mm. it would be worth just even like sometimes it's about hearing that reassurance like you because you can know it like, you can know it in your heart. You're like, I know my family's going to catch me if I fall, but it could be something to be said about hearing it from them. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it would be very good to have a chat to your siblings and your mother as well. Also about, again, the, the, I guess the, the, the group trauma that mm. you've experienced. Um, again, I'm not quite sure how, how open you are with, with your younger siblings uh, in, in regards to sort of the things that, that you know, happened in your childhood. You know, being the oldest, you would have experienced it a lot more than, say, the youngest one. And you would be more of aware of what was sort of going on. So, you know, having to like, again, I'm not quite sure of your relationship with, with your, with your siblings, but you know, that, that's a nice place to start if, you know, you don't want to go to therapy yet, even though like, again, we all recommend it. Um, but chatting to them about, you know, these insecurities that you have chatting to them about, you know, what they also went through from a different perspective, um, you know, and and kind of like helping each other unpack what mm. happened. Yeah, you know, you know, you mentioned that it's you know only more recently is like your younger siblings realizing that your father is a piece of shit, and it's just like, well, obviously they didn't have the exact same experience that you had when yeah. you got out of there. Mm. So, trying to you know help each other uh, in this situation, and then as always, it, it did say it's kind of like you know you were such the safety net. Um, and maybe they didn't realize that you were, you were such that safety net. But mm. also now is is a time for them to maybe help you out as well. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's what I was going to say. There could be an issue here. Um, and again, we don't know. We haven't got enough information for this. But a classic. It does sound a lot like if you've been if you've taken this role on for yourself of being this person who's responsible and helped out these guys, you might be in a position where you don't want them to like mm. you don't you don't have that kind of relationship where you feel like comfortable talking to them about mm. your insecurities mm-hmm. and your doubts. So it's like, you kind of feel, and that that's unfair to them and to you a little bit because mm. you're kind of putting them in a position of being like, Oh, I've got these things that I'm carrying for you and you don't understand. And they're like, just sitting there being like, we can talk. Like mm. you can, you can <laughs> yeah. probably open up to us yeah. if you let us in. Like yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that shit. could be really hard to do when yeah. you've been in this position for so long to let down that thing and actually admit, Oh, I'm not totally across everything. And you guys can, Mm. Yeah, help me. And you can delegate a little bit. Like, I think there's something to be said. Like, there there is a special kind of bond when you share a trauma. Mm. <laughs> there is a special kind of bond. And I know, like, my brother and I, when we talk about our shared trauma, are very much like I I took on this. Oh, I thought I took on this really big protector role, and then because I got sick within this situation happening and was dealing with my own depression, my brother then had to step up and really be my protector, and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't mm. expecting that because for for so long that had been our role and our roles and we had we had done it that way and then it wasn't until like I I crumbled and he just completely like stepped up to the plate and was like I got you I got you don't stress and I was like oh good thank <laughs> you and then that completely changed the dynamic because now it wasn't like one person taking care of another it was two people taking care of each other and mm. it changed how we approached these kind of things because then we had a someone to talk to and strategize and all of these st- all of these things that when you're going through it you're just like I just want someone to talk to about it and then like and someone who got it was like I know I fucking know you're like good good I don't have yeah. to explain how fucking insane this is to you Chad trauma right Mm. Yeah. Share it. It's also, the only just, way. It's the only way to bond with another human you, being. If you've got the chance, if you're able to, yeah. Yeah, if you could share a trauma, <laughs> yeah. really, really them makes a, load. a friendship. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's Karen the coffin, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have one fall, bearer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I, just, hope, I hope that helps. And I, and I hope you, um, A, get the help that you're after, and B, learn to accept that you've done an amazing job. Mm. And yeah. you should really be proud of that. Uh, you've really like to- you know from where you started to where you are now. Again, 
it's incredible and well, well, well fucking done. Because that there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have that same story that have not ended where you have, and yeah. so that is something to be extremely proud of. Just as like another last note, I know we say this a lot, but look, if you are having trouble at the moment, you know, until you get to therapy or psychologist. Uh, accepting the things that you are trying to accept defer to us we're on your side we want you to have fun like yeah if if you need permission we give it to you like if you if this helps spend that cash baby yeah yeah it's party time yeah (laughs) so next email is from the uk it reads i'm sad because my friend died she died in march just before lockdown and we've never had a memorial service and i've thought about her every, every day since I have a close group of friends who all knew her through me, and I feel like the few times we've been able to see each other recently, it's been either the elephant in the room or like we're having a good time and I don't want to bring her up and make everyone else sad. This is the first person I've really known who's died, and I guess I'm looking for some life advice uh, from some older people. No offense, I'm 22, <laughs> uh, and with more life experience than me. I know you guys will suggest therapy, correct, but I'm not sure how comfortable uh, I'll be talking to a stranger about how much I miss my friend. All right. Um, weirdly, I, I might stay out of this one because I have never lost anyone close to me like that. I, I, I just uh, I, I haven't, so I, I don't know any of the sort of emotions or how to deal with this, so I will defer it to Everyone else in the room. I was just going to open with that. Um, I understand that you might feel uncomfortable talking to a stranger about how much you miss your friend, but remember that it is a service you pay for. So, like, don't don't think like about they have it so to much. listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they 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 have to listen, and they do this job to help people. Um, and there are people out there who would want to help you, but it is also a, like remember that it is a paid service. If you go to therapy, you are never a burden. It's never it's never like, oh, I'm dumping my problems on a stranger because it is different to that. It is it is a paid service to help you get better. Um, I don't know if that will really help because it is such a personal thing, but just just keep that in mind. Like it's I I'm not saying this will make it easier, but maybe just a different perspective to look at if that would help. Cause that if- would help if if you're if you are open to therapy, it would really, really Help. Yeah, I think so as well. Like Zin, you got it's it's one I realized here from you guys. You taught me this. It's like there's a certain amount you can chat to your friends, but maybe there's some stuff which actually it's better to chat to a neutral stranger about, even mm. if it's personal, because it's just you need to get off your chest and sometimes a lot to put on friends, but that's not to mean that you don't also talk to your friends as well when it's required. So that's why it's kind of mm. both. But like definitely don't think it's just because you don't know them. That's actually a good thing in a way. Yeah, because sometimes it's a it's, neutral. It's good to have have a, a mediator kind of there in the room. But I think in the email you say that like you had a group of friends that that you were like shared with this person, they probably miss them just as much and probably want to talk about them just as much. Like I I don't don't think of yourself as this outlier in this situation. Like grief is weirdly communal, and talking about it and talking about how you're grieving just is like helpful in such a weird way. Like you're not trying to like bring other people down. But at the same time, like they're feeling the same way, and they probably would love if someone would break the ice and start talking about this friend. Yeah, and I know this is uh, this is probably one of the things when when it happened to us, um, like with a friend, my friend of mine, we um, everyone got real pissed, 
like, like real, drunk? Yeah, 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 real yeah. drunk. Like as in, and especially the first couple of nights, it was it was fucked up. To be honest, mm. the house was a dark, bad. It wasn't being dealt with well no. the first night at all. But uh, after that, even when we went to the service and all that, one of the things that would happen was the conversation wouldn't be exclusively just on them. Sometimes you'd be talking about something else and then it would go back to them and then it would mm. go away again. And, it would, and like, it's just natural. So you can bring it up whenever you want, people respond and then they might talk about something else and like, that's kind of just how it is. So you don't have to feel like the pressure to talk about it exclusively or not talk. Like, I mean, it just mm. almost happens. If you just sit there and just, but if you have something you want to say, just mention it. Like, yeah. then honestly, and that's a- Like if you're going through this experience and you're feeling like the friend that is gone would have really loved that experience. Like if you're like, oh, they would have loved this. Like you would have like a room full of people agreeing and then you can talk about good stories, mm. you know, and then you can talk about your sad stories because grief is sad and grief is hard and grief is better when shared, weirdly enough. Yeah, grief is I, – I really like what you said about grief being communal, though, and I know I, I'm – again, I'm like Sam, but I haven't had someone really close to me die. Um, but Just me and you, George. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Up top. <laughs> <laughs> the times that I've experienced grief in my life, it's – grief is really strange because it – I mean, you know, I've said before, grief is whack. It's not linear. Mm. It hits you at really strange times. It does really weird things to you. It sometimes almost is – you yeah you sometimes you're grieving and remembering really nice stuff and you kind of feel nice but it's still grief it's it's really mm. strange when it happens and everyone experiences it differently but everyone's going through it and i think the most accurate thing i've ever heard about grief is that it comes in waves and being able to talk about it so so helpful just to say something like oh i'm really not doing well today because of this and you'll be mm. talking to someone who knows and they will understand because even if they're not in the wave right now they'll have been there mm Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think it's it's about sharing it. I know my my aunt passed away a couple of years ago, and she was my favorite person in the whole wide world. And everyone in my family took it really hard. She was like really the glue that that held our family together. And she passed away quite young, and it was it was you know always inherently unfair when someone younger dies. And so you've also got anger with it because I like I I don't know I've I've noticed with my grief is like when I'm at an old person's funeral, like when my grandpa died, he, he died at 89. Good innings. You know, like that was, yeah. that was, that was, I was like, there Such was, good innings. that's, that's really good innings. And there was like, there was nothing else you could really say. You were like, he's 89. Like, it's not like you got hit by a bus. He died of being old. Mm. But when my aunt passed away, she died of cancer and it was unfair, you know, mm. cause she was like 50 and you were like, that's unfair. She had more life to live. And so you can get angry and I get really angry in grief and uh, yelled at people at a funeral and caused a bit of a scene. And it's okay because you're grieving and no one can judge you. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, I'm not s- shocked by that last sentence. No, no, it isn't. It's not shocking. So take advantage of yeah. it. So take be- advantage of yeah. it and yell at some strangers. Yeah. Uh, Zoe, at my funeral, can you make a scene? I will. Thank I you. I will. I will. Sometimes I cause a scene at a funeral when I don't mean to, which is very funny. My, when my grandpa died, mm. I was very- you mean to sometimes. Well, not that I mean to. This is like, yeah. No, sometimes I'm like, this, this funeral isn't about me enough. Who's this cunt getting lowered? Why is the attention not on me? Oi, oi, oi. You in the front. Pay attention. Mate, uh, no. Joe's been really suffering during Corona. Yeah, <laughs> I really need no that constant thing. attention. Um, no, like my my grandpa when he passed, I mm. didn't mean to, uh, but I fell in a grave. <laughs> no, mm. how did you not get really injured? I got really muddy. 
Do, do, do you, is it like that's like something out of a fucking film? No, yeah. I didn't fall six feet. I fell like two and a half feet. So you like, did you fall, look up, and see like your name on a grave? <laughs> I was like, <gasps> so was no, it? We, was it not quite dug, or was it not quite filled? In? It was. Did you it fall? Was, on, I don't know. Fell I on didn't. A coffin. Did you fall on a coffin? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> oh, I might have fallen on a dead person. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. Anyway, then I had to spend the rest of the funeral covered in mud. And everyone was like, why are you covered in mud? So I was like, I fell in a coffin. I fell in a grave. (laughs) Grave muds. Grave mud. And then someone offered me a joint and I was like, it is my grandpa's funeral. And they were like, is this not an appropriate time to offer you a joint? So I didn't read from that either. No. Yeah. And then then as George knows, I did a dramatic read from Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah. That rules. Um, Yeah. No. So sometimes- No words changed. No no words changed. Just spoke about aliens for 20 minutes. Just Traflamagorians. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Did Um, that go down well? No. No. Uh, not not well. Like like, the people who wanted the funeral to be serious Uh were as unhappy- but the funeral director had to leave the room because he was having too many laughs. <laughs> so it's it's especially funny because Greek funerals. Let me tell you right now, mm. they're uh, never fun. They are just a, it's a they're they're, they're great. Gl- glorious in their full tragedy. Like yeah, they are weeping, renting mm. of clothes. Mm. Everyone's in black. There is none of this celebrating life stuff. It no, is just no, we don't celebrate life. We're happy that death is depression. Come. Yeah, it is. Everyone wants to die on that day. It's yeah. it's grim. It's the finally I get to uh, crack out my blackware that I've been mm-hmm. uh, saving for the last twenty years. Yeah. yeah, all the older widows are just competing with each other. Mm-hmm. Who can scream the, the loudest? loudest. Oh, it's straight Oof. up. Straight up. And then someone handed me a microphone. And I was like, that was a bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? There's a spotlight. Is, like, is that spotlight on me? Oh. For me? Ooh. The attention is on <laughs> me? Oh. I don't know what would be well. appropriate. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So sometimes grief did you, is weird. Hang on. Sorry. Did you have the book in your in your hand? Or how did, why yeah. Slaughterhouse Five? Because I think it's the greatest book on death ever written. Okay. So it's all unpacked very much in the bookish episode. Yeah. If you listen okay. to George Demarell's <laughs> bookish, I will okay. explain to you why I think right. it's. No, I just think that death isn't like a big deal and maybe we should just it should be funny. <laughs> Which is probably not what you want to hear when you're writing and saying, like, you're struggling yeah, with your yeah, friend's death. Yeah. yeah. Personally. Well, everyone grieves in their own way. Everyone so grieves in their own okay. way. And sometimes comedy can, it just happens. Mm. Oh, it's true. I did want to say, though, because you did mention in your email that you haven't had a memorial. Maybe you could try and organize one just with your friends because at the mm. moment things are just insane with COVID and it's mm. I, I'm not surprised that it's just not been able to happen. Mm. But if you're still able to see your friends or at least do something small in your own way, like if mm. that's something that you feel like you've missed out on, you you can organise that. And that that might be the icebreaker sort of you and your friends need to sort of do it because if it's still mm. feeling like it's an elephant in the room and that none of you can talk about it. Like, as Zoe said, I'm, I'm sure you're all feeling the same way. Like, that that doesn't feel good when you mm. are sitting there with grief and you feel like it is solely yours to, ha- like, to handle because, mm. yeah, it's, it it's makes communal. It, it's so that, they'd, they'd all be feeling that way. Yeah. See if with you can organise something even when, if it's oh, small. Yeah. In the UK. Yeah, and, and hopefully, I'm, getting, I'm not quite sure when this was uh, written in, and I'm not quite sure about the UK restrictions and yeah. so when this up and down. And mm. so, like, well, hopefully, during the time where there was less restrictions, you were able to to do something nice mm. and meaningful. Or and, um, and also, regardless, I think when you mm. can, yeah, I think that's funny that I've mentioned this Greek funeral and everyone crying. We kind of right. did that, like when my mate passed away. That was the first night. Was like mm. that. It was. 
fucked. Like yeah. it was, it was messed up. Like it was disturbing what was going on in there. Like yeah. really, it's, really. It's dark. really weird when young people die and young people mm. have to grieve. Yeah, because everyone's like getting pissed and stuff, and it's just yeah. So like, I think that's, but it's cathartic in a weird oh, way. George, I mean, well. we. I had a friend, um, a friend of a friend, a couple of years ago who died of alcohol poisoning. And I was at the wake and everyone was getting drunk and we were like, this is an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was... Um... <laughs> he died doing what he loved. Yeah. You know, like, it, it. I think when you're young, grieving is hard. Like, because it's... Especially when it's your first time grieving um, of someone your own age and one of your peers, like, because if... It's hard to to do that. Like, family, elderly, like, you're like, oh, yeah, that's... Nan gets old, Nan dies. Like, when it's young, yeah. it's hard. It's really yeah. hard to kind of process mm. that and there's more emotion than just sadness that comes with grief you're angry and it's unfair mm. and there's so many mm. other things that you yeah. know especially like if you weren't expecting it like there's so many factors that could come into it mm. like hopefully a memorial in some way like whether it's a sit down proper memorial or george's get drunk at a house like <laughs> if that's if that's how you want to do it because that's what we did when this friend of a friend passed away um, they just got drunk at a house and like played all their favorite music, and they were like, "This is how we're gonna. This is what he loved to do. So this is what we're gonna do tonight." And yeah, it kind of that's a good thing. That that's still a memorial. Yeah, like yeah, if you do it like that, memorial. you got a picture up, and it's like you're acknowledging it is for this. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, I hope that helps, and yeah, hope, hope you um getting through this. And now a quick word from our sponsors. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Also, did you know we do too many shows across the Sandspans Radio Network? Take D&Ds for Nerds, an actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast that I'm mostly on. Never played D&D in your life? Don't worry, up until we started, I hadn't either. Meticulously edited by yours truly, so you don't have to hear all the faff and math that interrupts a good fantasy story. Each campaign is standalone, and while veteran listeners will pick up characters, events, and places across the seasons, new listeners can start at any adventure. Just search for D&Ds for Nerds on iTunes or Spotify, or head to our website, sanspantsradio.com. So next email comes from uh, someone that, uh, first off, they want to uh, uh, thank us for 
going to therapy. We uh, Aww, provided them you. with the, the therapy. much, much yes. needed spark. Uh, this was, doesn't um, really need to pod- be a podcast. <laughs> it just needs to be like a repeated clip just being like, go to go therapy. therapy. Go to therapy. Yeah. Um, if you, if yeah. you're thinking about emailing us in, I have mm. something else and you should think about. Is, yeah, if the answer is go to therapy... Go to therapy. <laughs> like, so, still uh, email was, uh, us in. Due, but due, yeah, of course. Uh, well, but we was, like the attention. But book, yeah, book as, therapy as, we as well. Want to do say. both. Um, yeah, do both. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, due to your, your recent uh, mega list of reasons why you've been to therapy, uh, Zoe. And oh. also, George, your commitment to go to therapy was uh, you, what spurred Yay. them on to, there you to, go. to get therapy. See? So that's very, very great. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're very proud of you. Um, so their question is. That's right. That's great. Uh, that they're struggling more and more with age-related bitterness. Uh, I feel, oh, this yeah. is George and Zamet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. Me and Cass uh, can sit this one out uh, as youngins. Oh, no, I feel you. that. Look I feel that a lot, so. Oh, you. <laughs> Shut up, Cass. Yeah, Cass. Shut up. Yeah, you're the youngest person here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, Typical yes, Cass. you are. You she are. seems nice, but she's mean. <laughs> Oh, I am. You were the youngest person. Every yeah. time you forget, every yes. time you forget that you were the youngest, but you were the youngest person that I know. That yeah, that I know. I'm old. <laughs> oh, you've just got big nan energy. Mm. You're always in a shawl, baking cookies. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so there uh, I am. recently, I've struggled more and more with age-related bitterness. I feel like I've spent so much of my childhood, teenage years, and university being good and waiting patiently to become an adult, so that I would be allowed to do things I dreamed of: write poetry and novels, get into the local music scene, etc. I recently turned twenty-five. <laughs> Okay, I can help with this. Now Cass can help again. <laughs> yeah, Damn she's it. back in. <laughs> this is just mean. Is this a troll? Is this Cass? Did Cass send this? Yeah. I uh, recently turned 25. Uh, and I look around me to see that while I was sitting around waiting, other people got on with things. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be hard. <laughs> no, I can help things? with this. I no, was there. I like what what we're hearing Zamet's hope die as he <laughs> reads this. You know he didn't prep well enough with yeah. this. Uh, and now they're starting to see success in their creative ventures well, I, I haven't even started. I found this insecurity can sour my enjoyment of things I previously liked, as well as paralyzing me from actually doing anything myself. I know I'm still young by the numbers, but uh, it can feel like I allowed myself to settle with comfortable consumption while others set off to make their mark on the world. Uh, have you any advice on how to get back on track? You're fine. You're fine. Uh, okay. Look, okay, uh, okay. You, okay, I'm not uh, unvalidating your feelings of feeling this. I might be. Um, <laughs> because look, everyone is entitled to your feelings. That's how you feel. Um, that doesn't but... make them true. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make them care about your feelings, <laughs> yeah. mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, you, you're very, you're, again, 25, nothing. Uh, no, it's like, it, it's the kind of thing where, like, don't let age stop you from pursuing your creative endeavors or what what it is that you, you want to do. And, and yeah. what you might start off with, with doing, being like, I want to be a creative person, can kind of, like, you know, move and mutate and evolve to something else. Yeah, like, none of us grew up wanting to be podcasters. No. Uh, like, for, <laughs> I'll, I'll just use my own, you know, my own worldview and examples. It's like, yeah, like, I, I wanted to be a comic book artist when I was younger. I wanted to be into graphic design when I was younger. And I, I wanted to, you know, you, like, you know, like you've said, you know, write a novel, be a playwright, write poetry, et cetera, et cetera. But in my sort of, as I have grown and evolved and been in a sort of creative industry, it is for me much nicer 
having that, like taking that step back and helping other people produce and, you know, being like that person who is helping other people do things. So it's, it's, it's a lot nicer. I found, even though it's like, Hey, I haven't written a book, but Hey, I've, I've helped and, you know, paid someone and spurred on someone to do such a thing or like those sort of creative endeavors. Mm. And I, I know I, I find my, that quite rewarding. And so like, you're not too old to do anything like this. You, you can, you know, as we've said in previous episodes, you know, from now, you know, from now, starting from now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like you are twenty five, and I don't know who your mates are of the same age who are these virtuosos. <laughs> yeah, he's doing that well. Twenty five, who are doing extremely well. I'm trying well. to think of what I was doing at twenty five, and the answer is like crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I was repressing that. Um, yeah, no, you I need- was two years away from my first cry. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, ahead of me. So yeah, I don't know what kind of bohemian friends. Oh no, you I went have. back to uni at twenty five. I went back to oh, uni. Yeah, you did. I went back to uni because I thought I didn't do a good enough job. So I went back and I did it again to make sure that I did. Well hmm. done. Yeah. You can just make choices. Yeah. To, to do it. My parents are both in their fifties and my dad only started sculpting giant dick sculptures in the past four years. <laughs> And he's very famous for that now. He's yeah. very well renowned yeah, yeah. dick sculptor. <laughs> councils and don't want his stuff, but the people yeah, in the councils, councils have re- do. do. <laughs> that's a controversy. It. And that was 50 <laughs> over, you know? Yeah, he got written up in, he's, he's, yeah, 54 and got written up in magazines for the first time in his life about his art because he changed, like he paused it for a while because someone had children and they needed attention. Mm. Um, typical. Typical yeah. children. <laughs> And then well, he, I did have a little Greek prince. So. And then an Italian angel. So, <laughs> yes. She was right. <laughs> Zoe was right. <laughs> Sorry. So, you seem really well adjusted to this, Zoe. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. And I'm not at all twitchy about little Greek princes. No, no, no. no. Not at all. I'm fine. No. I'm fine. But, yeah, my, my, dad, my dad didn't start mm. doing that till he was in his 50s when he was like, oh, I think I've got it. I think I've got, like, I just want to sculpt because now I've got the time to do it and I haven't done it since I was, like, a teenager. Yeah. And I'm going to go back and do it. And then... He did, and he he saw not only like a great success in like how we necessarily like um oh, what am I trying to say like in how we market success nowadays. Mm. So like he got all like you know there was recognition and financial success and da 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 da. But also like he was just happy that he was doing it. Mm. Like he was just he was just really happy to do it. So that and then my mum on the other hand has been talking about going back to uni since I was a teenager. And she finally went back to uni to get her PhD. She was like, suck it, I'm doing it. So, like, there's no age limit on it. You just, like, life sometimes gets in the way of inherently. Mm. But, like, as long as you plan, like, you got it. Like, 25, man, 25. 25. I'm just 25. You've got so much time. <laughs> it's too young to even be able to be like, remember when you thought da 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 was old? Because you never felt old before. Yeah. But seriously, when what? you were 22, you might have been like, oh man, I'm so much old. Like, you know, I've got to be, but it's like, think back now to when you were 22, how much you'd be like, you idiot. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, you're a child. You're going to think that exact same thing about this in three years. Like, yeah. you're always going to think that. So. Yeah, I know. Every, every, t- every time I'm like, look back as I were like a year ago, I'm like, you dumb fuck. Yeah. Why'd you think this, you stupid idiot? Why didn't you know? All the good things that I know. Holy crap, you stupid shit. <laughs> well, um, I want to say, okay, so okay, I have been there, like, literally, like, at 25. Last, last what, year? <laughs> it, uh, a week well, ago? I just, uh, I just had my birthday, so it's technically at least 13 months ago. 
But, no, okay, no, I've literally been there and I know what you're talking about in terms of creativity because the the thing, if I, if you've been through the same thing, if you're going through the same thing I went through, you watch people around you that um, find something they like, find something that they're passionate about and start doing, and when you are, when you like something and you're passionate and above all, you practice and you keep doing it, you get better. And you watch someone get better. And in the same way that if you look back at your life like a year or two years ago, it, again, I'm just going to base this that you're like me. So I really hope this helps because, God, I was right there. Like, just I, babies I watched... giving babies advice right <laughs> no, now. No, 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 no. Oh, I, can't watch this, I can't watch this episode of Teen Mom. <laughs> I, I have friends who are creative and I remember feeling like I had wasted all my years because I didn't. And I, I remember thinking I didn't learn an instrument. I didn't uh, do more with this. You know, I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a songwriter and I didn't do that. And, you know, when when you are in the present and you can look back at the past, you see time for what it truly is, which is fleeting. And you can see your entire year of a life as what it is, which is a year. As you move forward through time, every single year of your life feels shorter because relatively it's a smaller percentage of your life. So as you get older, they're going to feel shorter and that's fine. That's normal. That's literally, uh, you only get that way if you don't die and that rules. So love that. But it we also did it. But you need to recontextualize time for yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think time in the same way that you look back and you think, oh, I wasted five years of my life not learning screenwriting and not uh, practicing uh, my creative writing and not doing X, Y, Z, learning an instrument, focusing on this thing that I'm secretly passionate about, learning to draw, learning to write. Um, Because when you look back at what people have achieved in those same years, you look back at it with the relativity of your own time and what you can see and you can think, oh, my God, they've dedicated six years of their life time because you can only experience time in the exact present, which means it doesn't really exist because every moment is gone as you think of it, as soon as you acknowledge it. So you see everyone's success as a choice they made six years ago, which feels like nothing, which makes you feel like you have wasted six years. But when you think of a year, you are thinking forward and you are thinking of a long time. Because if you think forward into the future, you have to think of all the sort of stress that goes with planning a future for yourself. So you need to recontextualize time for yourself. I, no, I've been through this because I watch I watch my friends learn an instrument. I, I, hope, I hope she's become... relating to this so much. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing. You, you, you watch someone become like say they want to do something and then do it, and mm. nothing will make you feel worse about yourself if you want to be creative. So I've been there, but yeah. the only way to do something. And get good at it is to do it. And I know this is something I struggle with because I will look at all these things that I want to do and then I won't do them. And then a month will go past and I'll think, oh, lockdown as well for us because we've been in lockdown. I don't know where in the world you are, but we've been locked down for seven months now. Oh, and we I know we've achieved so many things by now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like if I, when lockdown, and to be fair, no one, none of us knew when lockdown would, you know, end or whatever. I remember when we were like two weeks. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I remember when it Six first months. started, I saw people, like, a lot of people be like, baby. oh, you know, I can yeah. do this. When lockdown first started, I was like, hey, at the end of this month or six weeks or whatever it was, I'm going to be able to do the splits. And I didn't. But I now know, looking back, that if I did that every single day, I would be able to do the splits by now. And that is with every single <laughs> thing in your life. If you literally do it every single day, you can't not get better. So you need to make the choice to do it. And then as soon as you look back, like, if you're looking back now for what you didn't achieve in a year... Just start doing something because when you are 26, you will look back and if you if you were too scared to start something, and 
Um, I 100% have been you there. You miss 100% really of the scary. shots you don't take. Hell oh, yeah, baby. baby. Yeah. Like, you you need to use that perception of time that we all have that makes you feel terrible because I have that. You just need to use it to your advantage. Time can't exist in any perceptible <laughs> see, way. So, well, Kaz. When did this become a tenet? Yeah. Ta- <laughs> yeah. Kaz, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, wouldn't it also be healthy to also recognise that this person is also probably, like, did achieve something like because they went to uni and they did that and like they just did something different like i don't know because i spent i spent a year two years of my life just staring at a wall and like Mm. not achieving things no you were getting better you were getting better that's what i was gonna that's what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry sir i'm sorry stop mansplaining my depression to me i know i got better Maybe I've worded this really strangely. This is just sort of how I was able to be yeah, like. Cass, this is- I feel like I'm watching an episode of Doctor Who and I don't quite understand what's happening. So okay, good. well, look, in summary. Fucking quantum only- leap over here. <laughs> this, this is six months of quarantine okay. right here. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, you go on, quantum leap. Great name, name for cash. All right, big Ignore- fan. Okay, fine. Ignore what I've just said. Um, the okay. Only, the no only way. way, the I'm only never. way, literally never. the only way that you can waste time is if. You do something that you know you don't want to do. Well, that's, that's not 100% true. Actually, hang on. No, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Hang on. No, no, no. Yeah, because, like, sometimes I'm at work and I don't want to be there. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but you, but you do want to be there. No, hang work. on. I so said I'm that with wrong. Cass on this. No, you do you want to, you, the overriding thing you want to be there. If you don't want to be there at all. For any reason, then that exactly. is a waste no, of time. No, George is right. But the, sorry, the only way you can waste You're time right, is I if you realise you don't want to do something and you continue. And when we're thinking about want and not want, sometimes the want is to, you know, earn money to get out of it. But if you if you are like, I don't want to do my job, I'm going to stay here for this day and then find a new job that I do like that actually fulfills me. You need to constantly. You need to make a change to do that. Why are you doing that face? I disagree. I, I just feel like I need a corkboard and a lot of red string to <laughs> yeah. unpack what I've listened to. I, I also disagree, Cass. I don't think you necessarily have to do things that like fulfill you all the time. Like, no, but you, but they're, oh, they're but, things but, that you will want to do. I'm not saying that every single moment of your life has to be bliss because that's not how your okay. life works. It's just the like everything you have done to this point. Like even I, with you know, I have been where you are, and I'm able to look back and sometimes for things that I thought. Like, I don't feel like I've ever wasted time in my, well, okay. I I look back at things that I've done and even though I have those thoughts in my head of I should have gone to screenwriting school or I should have been doing X, Y, Z, I can still find all the ways that all the things I've done in my life have improved, have improved who I am as a person, have taught me lots and have gotten me where I am today and I'm happy and that's good. And that, and like, there's no point in being like, oh, I should have done this because you can't. You can only do things now. And what I guess what I'm trying to say with that thing is the only way you can waste time is if you realise you're in a situation you don't want to be in and you continue, is that mm-hmm. it's okay. not that every your life, no regrets. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, but, no but regrets. Like, doesn't if make you, any sense. If you, if you are finding yourself like in a degree or a job or something that you're like, wow, I actually really don't like this, it's not that you should... Okay, I'm I'm a big fan of queer, but but like yeah. if that's not quit always an, your that, job, it's not always an option. So if you're like, okay, the thing I'm doing right now, yeah. I know that that's not what I want to keep doing in perpetuity, but I can't quit immediately. 
just take the time to find someone else. Make make sure you are dedicating time to improving your life eventually. Also, you might be putting all this stuff on a pedestal, so you should try it out first. Yeah. The screen it, oh, my God. Do you know Give the power of quitting? Try – you can do – okay, my life it changed. Is. I remember I had a really life-changing summer last year and this year <laughs> where I realized three things, okay? And I don't know if I've told you about short this. short I watched Interstellar, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it might have been over the course of a year. I had the realization after going it's to gravity. therapy that yeah. you don't – always been gravity. That I had the realization that you can do anything, right? And – I'm really lucky I grew up in a household where I was encouraged to do anything I wanted, but it never really hit me that, like, you could just do anything that you wanted. Like, if I if I wanted to, if I woke up one day and knew with every fiber of my being that I wanted to become a gardener, I could learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. What? Nothing. Nothing. True. It's gonna keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So like, so I could do that, right? And I, I would, I would know that there were steps I would have to take and tools I would need, and but there, there was a way that I could make that happen, right? I could do anything. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then I had another realization. You you beautiful great prince. (laughs) 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 This is helping, yeah. The person yep. listening, um, what I'm saying is that it doesn't end. <laughs> I, do you think this, I still feel good? Okay, no. But then the next realization I had months later was me being like, I don't have to do anything. And that, that okay. was okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Because, no, but like everything in your life is uh, a choice. Fuck. I can do everything. I can do nothing. That's, that's the thing. It's like Including how do nothing. Huh? But really, like even things where it's like, uh, Oh my god! Like things where people are like I have to like oh, it, even something is like oh it's like oh I have to go see a relative this weekend, and for all the societal pressure, grandma says, again, yeah, yeah. yeah all the okay. societal pressure will say you quote unquote have to do it, but literally you could choose to not go, and yeah, it would have consequences, but that would be your choice to cop them, you know. But and but it's about what kind of problem you want to have. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. But you yes. like every single thing you do is a choice, right? So if you're like. I like even at the base things of like you choose to go to work. You don't have to. That'll obviously have consequences, but it's a choice. And taking back Mm. that responsibility for the choices that you make and not and ridding yourself of the feeling of your life being something you have to participate in and something that you are choosing Uh to actively do is really, really good and gives you that power. And then I had another realization of like, oh wait, I could literally do anything. Like I could walk around the street and kick a bit. This is a it's roller like, coaster. It's yes. like you reach Nirvana, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I like can I was do like, any- no, I, I could can do anything. do anything. Like I could go and do like so many crimes. And I don't want to, I'm not going to. But like oh I my could do God. Any- this like, is like, I could yeah, really? and just like punch in the cheese glass and like <laughs> But I'm not going what? to. But I I don't could. think you're strong enough. Anyway, I don't. <laughs> Something's happened to Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> Quantum uh, Leap's leaped. Anyway, um, six months. You this you know the power of a month like, and a week and Melbourne a year. Lockdown? If you watch your friends improve at creative things because it, you, it doesn't take so long to uh-huh. see progress, and then all of a sudden they're great. You can harness that power. You can do anything you want. Um, you Just have to harness the power. Yeah, yeah. But also, sucking for a while and stuff really does suck. So like. Yeah. yeah, it takes oh, a while. Yeah, yeah, so no, it's, it's understandable it's to not a, do it because you can't be fucked because it does suck sucking at stuff. Yeah, but you get to make the choice whether you want to do it or not because in a month yeah. you'll be better. Mm-hmm. I, I guess to 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 boil this down. Uh, what? That's not good? Cohesive. Cohesive here <laughs> is um, 
So for the creative industry, uh, and I guess you hear a lot of this is like not just for creative industry for anyone who is quote unquote a success. And in our culture, in in the movies and films and all the kind of things that we like to watch, we we love to hear about an overnight success, uh, and we're fed this idea of this overnight success. And so when you are not an overnight success, you're like, well, why why I try, why even bother trying if I can't be good straight away? All of those, why not try? I'd be bad. Yeah, all of those just lies and and good PR and marketing. Mm. It's like all those musical biopics, whatever, where it's yeah. like they're just good straight. It's like, man, show me grinding for fifty years, which yeah. is what it actually is. Mm. Like, and, and and that's the thing. A lot of those like biopics that are based on a true story, it's like mostly bullshit, and they've added things in for drama. Mm. Um, and you're just like, oh, we need this to have a, have a purpose or a point. And a yeah, I feel like if they ever that. if they ever made like the Sands Pants Radio like unauthorized <laughs> documentary. Like they probably wouldn't show like the fucking thirty hours a week we all spend in front of our computer being like, "Is this good?" <laughs> uh, I mean, to be yeah, fair, so- George and I waltzed it. Oh yes, <laughs> Look, that's you. That's you. Some of us put the grind in. Um, so, so that's yeah, so- the secret. Your friends are good now. Join them. Yeah. They've done the grind. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you have if all you have your friends friend. who are bohemian like virtuoso artists. Just, just like, jump on their grab, train. Yeah, it grab, is a huge benefit coattails. when they've got that because they know where to go and point in the right direction. Actually, it's really useful. <laughs> Actually, that is really yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah, that's really um, good. But yeah, so uh, yeah, getting off track, but getting back on track. Um, yeah, so no, so nothing happens overnight. Uh, you, you can just sort of try doing something, and you know you mentioned here, you know, writing poetry or writing a novel or something like that. That just is a, is just a thing you need to do every day. Yeah. A lot of, like, you know, you, you hear uh, authors, like, what it's their, their, their biggest advice is that they just do something every day. You do it every day. And that's going to be the hard thing. You know, picking up a pen or writing on, on Word or whatever, that's easy. The, the hard part is doing it every day. And that's and that's sort of what you, you, you should be doing if that is, is a pursuit that you want to, want to do. Um, and as we just kind of touched on before there it's it, you if you have these incredible friends who are very successful um pick their brains have a chat to them see if you can help out with whatever it is that they're doing in a creative endeavor uh, i'm sure they yeah. would either like the help or be offer you some advice there um yeah, that can cut down so much time as well yeah, yeah. it's if actually you come, more efficient yeah and if you come yeah. in with a genuine want to learn like people yeah. tend to want to teach yeah yeah so uh you're 25 you're not that you are not too old to, to do the things you want to do <laughs> You're not. Uh, you're halfway to also, death, but you'll make it, okay? <laughs> also, That's it. 50 and, uh, 50 and done, baby. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, you, yeah. if you want a year's experience in something, you've got to do it for a year, you know? And that's how a decade starts, a year at a time. Also, I don't mean this to be frightening. <laughs> Quantum leap! from one year to ten! <laughs> Jesus Christ, she's a fucking time wizard! <laughs> well, look, I don't. I mean this in a motivating way. You can cut All this right, if this comes what now? <laughs> if you don't start now, you'll be 26 having not started. That's true. But you could be 26 with a That's year true. of experience. And you could mm. start and That's go for a month and be like, this sucks, and quit. And then find something else you like. Quitting is pretty fucking good. Quitting, Quitting oh my god! Good. Quitting you know when it good sucks. Though? Not starting the most and saying you wish you started. <laughs> yeah, complaining. If you so want to complain, think that you would have been so good. <laughs> oh yeah, wasted potential. Oh, you could oh. dine out for months, oh. years oh. on wasted oh. potential. Oh. Mm. oh, imagine if you tried. Oh. Do you know how good I oh. speak French? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Zoe B. I've been George. I've been Cass. No, you haven't. You've been quantum leap. <laughs> Get it right. Get it right. 
I've been quantum late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're still fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us for some very unprofessional advice that goes beyond just go to therapy, feel free to email us on happylittlepod at gmail.com and make sure you put somewhere in the email okay to air if you're happy to have us discuss it on the show. Hope you have a great day. You're not alone. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.